Johnson. Mielski! Welcome to the Here We Go podcast. Well, what are we going to talk about tonight? Now, but, well, before I introduce this, what I'm going to let you know is that I've been drinking today. And Richard, Richard in his infinite wisdom, if you've ever seen Father Ted, um, with the episode where Ted lets Dougal host a funeral, um, Richard in his infinite wisdom has put me in charge of hosting the podcast tonight. So that's probably going to be quite interesting, probably going to be a shambles. In fact, even more of a shambles than when I normally host. So firstly, I'm going to say, hello, Richard, hey, and what are you thinking? I'm thinking let's embrace the chaos. Um, let's just go with the flow of what's been a, a brilliant day. Embrace the chaos, I like that, yeah. Um, you know, difficult to put into words, really. I mean, football shouldn't mean this much to someone who's in their 40s and uh, works a professional job. It shouldn't mean that much. It shouldn't have been... You know, spending 90 minutes chasing obscenities at the referee and at the opposition and going absolutely mental when a goal's went in. And I shouldn't have just had a massive, massive beaming smile on my face for the last five hours. Um, but I do, and it's brilliant. It is brilliant. And, you know, yeah, we're definitely going to discuss Nick, discuss Nick Walsh later, I can assure you about that anyway. Um, also, no, I bumped into you at half-time. You're, you're, I'm going to assume you're a lot more positive now than you were then, Martin. Oh, I'm incredibly positive now it's uh <laughs> hindsight is a wonderful thing isn't it I was, I was also thinking as well with what richard said i think this should definitely be the tagline for today's podcast the here we, the here we go podcast the, the 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 podcast that struggles to put the game into words <laughs> this should be an enjoyable listen for everybody yeah well we're definitely we're definitely going to try our best um so we'll start like richard there was absolutely no surprises with the lineup you know you, you and Martin covered it the other day, you know, um, the, the rage that Shinny is going to be out, but there was no surprises to us at all. Ramadani comes back in, obviously recovering from his flu. Um, you know, we lined up exactly as we expected. Um, but in the first half, we did find ourselves a little bit, shall we say, light in midfield. Um, we allowed ourselves to be uh, maybe, you no, know, I think Tillman particularly, was finding some good space, pulling the midfielders out wide, but that's a spa- that's a point where I think you would say that you no, know, we would miss Shinny with maybe a bit of the, the aggression there. Um, we would probably would you no, know, but you no know, hindsight, it doesn't matter at the end of the end of the game to be honest. But Shinny probably wouldn't have. They they had some a lot of openings, a lot of space in the first half, didn't they? Yeah, I think Robson addressed this quite well after the game. I I, I think what you saw in the opening half hour at least uh, maybe the entire first half was really the press not working as it should um, and once we got that right to the beginning of the second half the sort of doubts and problems that we had in that first half melted away quite a bit because yeah in that first half it's brave I did um, whilst I kind of expected it to be that team especially after the confirmation last week up at Dingwall that he was quite happy to go with Ryan Duncan away from home in a tough game I, I thought he would just stick because he's not been one for making big switches and you know it would have maybe needed to move McCrory from right wing back into the middle and someone would have to go right wing back so I wasn't 100% convinced but I, I, I presumed it would be the case that we'd, that we'd see that team that we did today and it, it really was that we didn't get that press right at all and it was just bypassing Everybody. It wasn't the game. Just wasn't bypassing the likes of Ryan Duncan, who did seem pretty lost for that first forty-five minutes. It was bypassing almost everybody in red, really, and um, it was disappointing. Um, but it, it it does just go to show that if something's just a little bit off, and in our case, that press in the first forty-five minutes was just a little bit off. The the fluency wasn't there. The triggers just weren't there. Robson, I think, also spoke about. The visiting team setting up slightly differently than how we expected with their full back slightly deeper and flatter than they expected and traditionally of course 
when we've played them, it's all been about a lot of their attacking play going through their fullbacks. And that seems to have evolved with this current team. <clears throat> so maybe there was a focus on that and he needed to get them in at half time and, and have a little rethink about what was going to happen. But within that 45 minutes, the game seemed to be being played around us. And we were, I mean, fairly fortunate. But I mean, the three clear openings they have, um, you're talking about tremendous clear thinking from Leighton Clarkson to go back on the line to clear off that uh, half volley from Morelos. You're talking about good work from Calarus to get out. It's a poor finish uh, from Sakala when he's through one and one after Pollock slips. I thought it was McDonald first time, but it's Pollock it slips and uh, allows him to get free. And then the the other sort of clear opening they had was when Raskin broke through, and it's a, just a tremendous, very typical last ditch block from Matty Pollock. Although looking back at the replay, it looks as if it might have been he might have been blasting it wide anyway. So they, they were getting the openings, they were getting a lot of space. They had a lot of the ball in that first forty five, but but that said, the defensive structure was still fairly sound over the course of the whole afternoon. They only had three efforts on target all all game, and I I, I think that speaks volumes about uh, about just the hard work that that back line put in even when they were getting a lot of space in front of them you know you, you did have people like Pollock throwing themselves at the ball you did have a lot of strong defending up against their uh, central attacker Morelos who, who really was a bystander for most of the game so it it wasn't brilliant in that first half and it needed to change. I think a lot of us would have thought it maybe needed a personnel change or formation change. And I think that would have been the, the consensus from within the stands. But that's what Barry Robson's managing a football club and we're not. Because the change in that second half was, was so pronounced and to come out. And, and it was really brave to do that because, of course, we've seen... To, to press that high, I mean, because we saw what happened at Ibrox when we tried to implement the press quite so high as well. We we did get absolutely torn apart. We took the lead, and but even before then, they were creating huge gaps, huge openings, huge opportunities. And the difference back then was that we didn't have a defence that could really handle any kind of pressure whatsoever. It would crumble. Whereas now, the back line right now has a lot more about it and is standing up to a lot more scrutiny. Yeah, Martin, I think um, Richard makes a good point there. I mean, you know, against a team against a team like Rangers, who, you know, they're not a, a brilliant team, but even at home, they're going to create opportunities and you're going to have to, I don't want to say weather or some, any sort of storm, but they're going to have good chances against you. And, you know, you kind of, you, maybe you ride your luck a little bit. As you know, you mentioned the chance, Richard mentioned the chance from Sakala, you know, if that was at the other end, he'd be raging because he probably should score. But you just, you know, it's a, it's about it's about doing the the right things in defence. And I thought that you know Pollock and McDonald, you know, at times when there's been a slip and that, but for the most part, they did they did all right, particularly the first half. And we, you know, I'm not going to say we looked solid, but you know, you can uh, you weather you weather a little bit of a storm, and then. You, you could build on that. And that seems, I think that's a what we really did from the first half to the second. Yeah. Um, when we met in the concourse at halftime, probably the reason I was feeling rather more pessimistic at that time was basically everything that Richard just outlined. Um, the, the, the press was bypassing us for large chunks. And I think I had a look back and I think, I think the, possession stats were something close to I think it was like 79% to 21% at halftime and it, it didn't improve hugely um, by the end of the match but obviously the in terms of the, the performance it, it, it did but um, I when we were speaking uh, earlier this week um, e even, even though the press was slightly off I think it was really important that we went out with an attitude which was to go and actually do that have 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 that intent to pressure rangers on the ball i think if you're going to get any success in these matches it is going to and 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 it's how it obviously transpired when we get into talking about certainly the first goal in the second half um the the opportunities against rangers especially when you're at home is that you've got the the crowd behind you you've got a motivated team um and uh i think there's an awful lot of good technical players who, if you give them a lot of space on the ball and you're going to just, and you're just going to sit back and wait for that to happen. Um, 
you know, it probably is just going to be a matter of time before they, 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 they open you up. Whereas at least if you're on the front foot and getting in, getting in their faces, um, it at least puts a little bit of pressure on them. And I think where they have proven to be more vulnerable in games that they have lost, albeit, you know, it's been against Celtic um, for the most part. Um, it's where teams have put them under pressure. I think the likes of, uh, well, the, the whole back four, really, uh, Tavernier, Davies, uh, Suter and Barisic all had moments during the match where, when they were put under pressure, they didn't look too too savvy. So, um, but 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 it did require, and Richard's absolutely right. It was it was a bit off. We we weren't quite getting it right. I think as well is that we were probably asking the likes of McDonald and and Pollock to do things that put them out of their comfort zone, and that's not to say you know. We, they're they're perfectly capable defenders, and their willingness to kind of put their bodies on the line and 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 do the defending is one thing. But there were certainly situations, and Barry Robson spoke about that in his pe- uh, post match press conference that he was asking his players to make a conscious effort to close up and 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 give these players as little space as possible, in the full knowledge that you know these these players are um, you know likes of Cantwell and. Uh, and, and Tillman, they are they are a lot more dynamic, and and Fashion Sakala maybe specifically with his pace. Um, that there is the, the the possibility that when you're trying to get tight on players, if they if they manage to break you open, um, you can put you under a lot of pressure. And the Sakala chance in the first half was a great example of that. Matty Pollock just couldn't go with go with the run. Um, but what game are you going to play against Rangers or Celtic where you aren't going to have to ride your luck a little in that regard? And I think. Um, for for all that it didn't quite work out the way they wanted to in the first half, the 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 fact that we went into the game with that intent and that attitude in the first place, I think, spoke a lot of dividends, and that's and that's why I think you got that committed performance. I mean, again, the the challenge that Matty Pollock uh, put in to, to to block the shot is what you'd expect to Matty Pollock, but going right at the very start, the what what you might not have expected a few months ago was someone like Leighton Clarkson making a concerted effort in the penalty penalty box to get back on that right post and to make a, a, a blocking clearance. And for someone like him, who you'd think is like a creative player, um, the work rate that some of these guys were putting in today was absolutely phenomenal. I, was, I just remember distinctly, I'm in section, I was in section Y today, and one of the things I distinctly remembered, we'll go on to speak about the wonderful creativity that he had in, 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 in creating the second goal, but what will endure for me is him tracking back and blocking a, blocking a cross to go out for a corner and getting a balking off of Angus McDonald, saying, why didn't you leave that? Because I was able to clear it. But the, the the intent all around was absolutely fantastic. So even though it was a little bit off in terms of execution, a lot of credit to the players for the and, and, and the coaching staff for the intent in the first place. And we'll, as we'll probably come on to, a lot of credit for uh, Robson being brave, sticking to his guns and how he wanted to play, but showing, and this is exactly what we were talking a few days ago about, did, did he have that tactical nouse to make subtle adjustments that would make the difference? And, and he managed to do that. Yeah, I, I don't think we should. The, the press needs to be seen in isolation to the possession stats. The press is about trying to force an error from them high up the pitch, which we can then exploit. And the, the first goal is a good example of, of that sort of thing. And there was one example, obviously, in the first half as well, where we did that, where we got the um, deflection. Mioski, um, I think, headed it up, and then Ramadani ran forward and, and drew the save out of McGregor. So there was one example of that happening in the first half. But when you're out of shape, you're, when you're out of possession, you have to be in a good shape. And I thought broadly, broadly, we were in a decent shape for most of the game, certainly the back five. I would argue that Ramadani and Clarkson were a little bit exposed in the first half with just the two of them and Duncan further forward. I thought that was far less of an issue in the second half. Obviously, we, we had scored fairly early in the second half, so we had something to hang on to. So it was it was more expected and more comfortable for us to be in a low block in that scenario. And people weren't going to get quite lose the heat in the stands in the same way that they might have done in the first half. Uh, but but no, I, I it's it's like Hearts had sixty what six percent of the possession at Easter Road the other week. Possession's meaningless. It's what you do with it. Uh, and the point about the, the the high press obviously is that we we do put pressure on. And if they've got a weakness, clearly it's their backline. I mean, <laughs> Suter and Davis aren't uh, 
standard for a team with aspirations to win this title a centre-halves I mean that's uh, that's very very apparent uh, in the way and we'll obviously come to speak about this the way that Miofsky is able to just to run off him for the second goal Davis for the second goal is a, is a prime example of that so I was never I, I was concerned that we weren't that the press wasn't operating we weren't obviously we didn't really have a plan B in terms of being able to move the ball through the phases and when we had possession we were very lax with it in the first half so that was more of a concern for me in the first half I didn't see how we were going to score um, with the records that we've got defensively I, I never felt overly concerned but you did feel it was a matter of time given the, the, the dominance in areas that they had but the second half it was night and day Yeah I mean just going through Richard going through the feed obviously since I've got in the door um, uh, I'm quite happy to see that it wasn't just myself that was really angry, particularly in the first half with the performance of the referee, Nick Walsh. Um, some really some really terrible decisions from him. Um, and now I know I know you're probably going to tell me that it's you know, it's just Mark me howling at the moon and being and being no paranoid. Um, but specifically, no, when you've you know when you come up against Rangers, you're going to struggle. You know, you're going to get every 50-50 is going to go to them. Um, but then you find you find yourself in a situation where there was a lot of really poor decisions from him. Particularly, you know, the, the first booking in the game, he books Cantwell. Now, for me, Cantwell's never going to have to make another challenge in the game, and that's that's the that's the laziest booking. Now they're good, and they're going to be saying they'll be sitting on their buses home, saying, "Oh, that was soft. That was a disgrace." But he he let so much go, and once again we find ourselves, you know, and we're you no know, harking back to last week where we were the victims of a terrible refereeing decision. Today, it didn't matter. You no, know, we thankfully we you know we, we came out of the game with only two yellows. It doesn't again. It doesn't really matter because we won the game. But once again, we're finding we're finding ourselves really getting these just atrocious atrocious decisions from referees. Well, let's not dwell too much on it because we won and we did win. Yes. And there was no point going over the top in it. There wasn't a refereeing decision that made a, a decisive uh, impact on the game. Not if you speak to uh, BDO round one loser Mick Beale, however. He believes that there was a clear foul <laughs> uh, about three and a half minutes before uh, the second goal, which should have meant the second goal was ruled out. Um, but... <sighs> Yeah, it was frustrating at the outset, really frustrating, and uh, I don't know. Is this what happens when you when you kick up a fuss about the SFA and about the quality of referees? Um, yeah, let's just wait and see how the next few games pan out as well. But I really I don't want to waste too much time going on about this. Um, it it did feel that it was just your typical scenario that it was a different standard of decision for a foul for one team against the other um, and it, it's always been that way and it will always be that way in games like this So you mentioned earlier um, that we didn't obviously we didn't make any changes at half time uh, Martin no in past in past times no there would have been maybe been some clamour for us to do that but when we came out uh, I think there was a there was a slightly different approach no, but, within, but within three minutes you know we find ourselves find ourselves ahead. Um, now, I'm obviously going to pl we're going to, we'll play along a little bit here with this one. Um, you know, um, Liam Scales. You know, it's a shame for him that the voting for goal of the season finished at nine o'clock tonight, um, because that was that was obviously a shot, wasn't it? It's absolutely a shot. I see um, the club the club had uh, Liam Scales on there. Uh, social media just uh, an hour ago, and uh, he's he's confirmed it with his own words, with a with a sly wink. Um, ah, you could you could you could focus on what's the freak? You make your own luck. Um, so coming back to exactly what Richard was saying beforehand, when you're trying to play with a high press and trying to you know impress yourself on the the, the opposition back line. Um, you know, you 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 you'll happily seed seventy, eighty percent of the possession, but what you're looking for is opportunities in the opposition half that you can capitalize on. So, you know, take 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 the intention of the strike out of it. The the way we get that ball in the first place is 
Johnny Hayes starting out in a slightly more central position, putting pressure on uh, Tavernier as he's looking to roll it out. Now, he's played from what he must have seen because he had Johnny Hayes right in front of him. So I think he's seen Alfredo Morelos to the right-hand side in the, the, the pitch. There's all, all the players are on the other side in the pitch. So he's played out into open space thinking, um, you know, outlet pass and playing it into acres. There's no pressure. Liam Scales, and this is where I was talking about you know, it's not just about you know, pre- pressing is one thing, but there's attitude and intent. And I go back to, I, I know I've harked back to this a few times ago, but in terms of different approaches, um, in a way, in, in, if you set up in a way that Goodwin did at home against Celtic um, post-World Cup, the moment the team was losing possession, the instruction was everybody move back into your half set up your two rows of, of your two lines of, you know, the defensive line, the midfield line, and, and, and we weren't even going and challenging those. Completely different attitude, because not only do you, have, do you have the player in the front line pressing Tavernier and putting pressure on him to make a pass, so he hasn't had a chance to really properly look at what was in front of him, but he's just seen Morales in space, and, and he thinks he's got an outlet pass. Liam Scales, the left centre-back, is on the halfway line. So there's no sitting back in this regard. We were constantly playing a, 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 a high back line. And I noticed it was it was noticeable if you if you were ever glancing to the touchline at kickoffs, Barry Robson was making a big point at times to, 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 to defenders to keep a high line and keep, keep you know, compress the space in, in, in front of them. Um, so A, Liam Scales is already on the halfway line in a position to be able to do something about that. And B, He's anticipated that ball and has made a concerted effort to get out in front of there. Um, King Perry contrasts that to Morales, where basically the ball, he's waiting for the ball to come to him, and as soon as he's aware it's not going to come to him, he's not hes not bothered. He's not bothered at all whether it gets to him or not. So he basically just lets Scales run onto the ball and get onto it. Now, he's hes clearly... Um, I, don't think he, he, I don't even think he's had a look up. He's basically thought to himself, he's sensed that Alan McGregor might be slightly out of position, has let rip from 45 yards out uh, and has found the top corner. Um, 100% intentional, wonderful creativity, wonderful foresight from 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 Liam. And I was glad, in fairness, it it, it it's it's kind of an easy award to give him after he <laughs> sticks one in from 45 yards out. But I'm glad he got man in the match because out with that, I actually thought he he was outstanding in terms of his all-around performance and again that's what you saw from all of the players even when things weren't quite working out right there was no lack of attitude and intent in relation to how we were going to play and and the way that he created that chance for himself speaks a lot more than the fortuitous nature of the goal that actually goes in. Richard two points for me there um firstly uh obviously you know, Liam Scales for me, man of the match as well. I thought he was great today, and he, no, I thought he was excellent. Secondly, this is probably the last time we're going to see Alan McGregor playing at Pitodri. Um Is there any better to wave goodbye to such an obnoxious prick? <laughs> oh, we're hitting all the right notes tonight. Uh, oh, not we're necessarily in the right, right order, but we're hitting all the right notes. Um, Morales being beaten so comprehensively to the ball and basically giving up on it, as Martin says, and then. McGregor grasping at thin air, uh, not dissimilar to, to Gorham chucking one into his own net at the other end at Pitotri once as well. Uh, lovely stuff, lovely stuff. Um, you know, it's, Robson said afterwards, you got to, sometimes you've got to carry a little bit of luck, and we carried a little bit of luck there. Uh, I had the perfect view of it as it arced so accurately into the top corner uh, just exactly how Liam Skills pictured it in his mind's eye I'm sure and um, just bedlam just beautiful bedlam after that and hey Pitodri was loud today wasn't it Pitodri was really loud apart from one little enclave Pitodri was fucking loud um, and no, I have to say as well that no, when I'm wrong I say I'm wrong um, and you know Maybe a couple of months ago, I was willing to send Liam Scales back um, to Celtic. Well, you know, I hands up. Receipts, uh, hand, no, hands up. You know, that's the thing is, that's a good, that's the thing about when you record these, Richard, you know, when you make an arse of it, you just got to put your hands up and say, I'm wrong. But it's night, it's night and day, isn't it? Because this was him alongside Stuart and, yeah. and just looking lost, just absolutely looking lost at SPFL level. 
Um, I mean, the sending off for Easter Road, I mean, someone was getting sent off towards the end of that game. It was it was happening to someone. But the, the way in which he got bullied off the ball before the sending off was really worse for me. It just wasn't the behaviour of a, a proper centre-half. But he's just taken the lead from the other two, from Pollock and McDonald. And he's just... He's not caving about sculpting the perfect 30-yard pass with it. He's just defending and he's going out and proving he can be a defender. That he can forget about the other stuff, being a good carrier of the ball or, or a good progressor of the ball. He's just going out and he's winning his individual battles and he's standing up to the physicality of it. He's winning headers, he's winning balls that comes out, come into the box. He's just being a defender. He's just being a really solid defender. And as Martin says, that, that aggression and that determination to get to the ball for the first goal, it's what you want from every single member of your team. Um, so, yeah, it, it's great that he's got his moment, his day in the sun, and five straight clean sheets, seven straight wins. Those things don't happen very often. Those things aren't many Aberdeen players in history that have been part of teams that have put together runs like that, and Liam Scales now is. Also, Martin, I don't want to leave you out hanging high and dry because I was right there with you in the end of the end of the Aberdeen career for Liam Scales uh, bandwagon. Um, but it shows you again, we're talk we talk about luck or you might call it serendipity in this case, but um, I I think he probably was one of the players that was potentially not going to get a look in in the team and, and immediately because he, he did lose his place in the team obviously after after the, the sending off at Hibs. But would he have got automatically back in the team when he was back from suspension? I don't know, but I think if I remember it correctly, we 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 kind of had to bring him back in after Ross McCrory got sent off, and and it kind of forced us to do a, a rejig in the team. Um, and I'm not saying we happened upon it. Obviously, uh, Barry Robson's thinking will be a lot more strategic than that. But once we've landed in that back three set system with Liam Scales to to the left of. Uh, Pollock and McDonald, that that system has really worked for all of them. And I think it must be, it, it just shows you, sometimes it's really hard to judge a player until you get them in a situation that actually brings the best out of them as a player. And I think a lot of people looked at Liam Scales and said, he's not really a centre-half. He's not a centre-half, centre-half. And when you were asking him to be part of a back two with uh, Anthony Stewart, who, in fairness, again, maybe had the right defensive instincts and, 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 and want to play that. But again, I always had real worries around his, uh, his mobility and his pace. And again, how, how aggressive and how confident can you be when you're kind of aware that you've got Hayden Coulson in the left of you that doesn't really fancy defending and Anthony Stewart, who you know might not quite have, have, have the legs and mobility around you. And, you know, it's, you know, a combination of circumstances which, if I'm being fair, Liam Scales probably didn't do him a lot of justice. Whereas when he doesn't have to be one of a back two, being being the left hand of a back three definitely suits him. And 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 and, and you know, if if he's not a natural out and out centre half, and he's not necessarily a natural left back, that that left centre back position really seems to suit him. And then when he has the confidence of knowing you've got a couple of really accomplished. Um, defenders alongside him it's just done him the world of good and it's not his first it's not his first good performance since he's come back into the team because I thought he was really excellent at Ross County as well but it's definitely been the best performance we've seen out of him since since um since he came to the club let alone um since Barry Robson's became in charge yeah he, he definitely works best as part of a three he's also really benefiting from having Johnny Hayes it's such a hard worker with Johnny Hayes alongside him as well um it was actually more recent than than that that he came back in the team obviously you had the suspension and there was that he was unable to play at Parkhead obviously but he didn't start the game at um at Dundee United he was out of the team for that and it was yeah that's right we started off with a back four and it was late 60 minutes in before we we changed shape I think Scales actually came on for Pollock that day I think Pollock had to go off um but we we did change shape and it, you know we start we got the two late goals and started to actually dominate that game a lot more with the change shape and it's been no looking back from that moment he was in the team for the hearts game the next week and then just you know the 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 train has kept on rolling just a few minutes later we find ourselves 2-0 ahead right now i've richard i've written three words down i've just written down Leighton clarkson and baller uh, what do what do we have to do to keep hold of this kid? Uh, just 
glorious. Just so, so good. Just It's a sort of moment you want to go to football matches for. It's a sort of moment that makes you fall in love with football. Just that kind of wobbly half outside of the foot. Just perfect on his head and the way it's finished it's just i could write a bloody essay about it martin i mean uh, how how long uh, you know our kind of on off uh, northern light feature how long do you think is the appropriate time span between something happening and something going into that list because because i want that goal on that list just everything about it was beautiful and clarkson just just if we can get one moment a game from him that opens up the opposition like that, like he did at Lost County, like he's done on so many occasions. And there's no surprise that it, it tends to be Majofsky that he links with. It's really no surprise to me that that's the, that's the partnership that's been developed there. <sighs> Next year, um, you would think that should there be guaranteed group stage football, that that's, that's something which I think would challenge him uh, and Liverpool would hopefully look bondy in that. I, I, my worry is that Liverpool decide to pull the plug on him and, and he ends up in the championship or, or worst case scenario, um, let's be blunt about this, he's got much more ability and talent than anyone in that opposition 11 today. Um, and he could be in the ballpark of their kind of, the amount of money they'll have to spend in the summer. Um, so they've had first-hand view of how how good he is. Um, so that's my real concern. If we can steal a march and and say to Liverpool, you know, look at what he's doing here. Look at what you know how he, he had a terrible loan spell at Blackburn, which were which is the club he grew up with. Uh, I think he only made two sub appearances. It's like the reverse Dion Marcandi. Um, so. They can clearly see that this has been so good for his development. And there's one thing suggesting that more of the same isn't going to really push him on. But if it is Europe, and we don't want to get too far ahead of ourselves, let's keep the kind of one game at a time mantra. Let's let's all be Barry Robson right now. But if it is group stage football next year, then I, I think that's something which we can go to Liverpool and we can say, you know, this kid could do it. This kid isn't going to get any time with you next year. You can come back here, even if it's just six months. It's, you know, it's plausible, but I can see other scenarios which are less good for us as well. I mean, yeah, Martin, he's, he's, he's just such a talent. I mean, I've raved about him, you know, for the last few weeks. Richard's raved about him as well. Just, we, 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 we desperately want to hold on to these guys. You know, this is, I suppose this is the, this is the double-edged sword you have when you, when you take, you know, young players on loan that they're going to, they're going to make you fall in love with them and then they're going to leave you, aren't they? It's always the... Martin, that was poetry. <laughs> Took all of us aback. Um, but yeah, it's always the kind of insidious nature of loan deals that, you know, it's ultimately never your player. And the better they perform in their spell with you, the less likely it becomes that you're able to hang on to them. Um, it's... A, Especially with this being the first time that we've won at Pitodri since against against them since um, that particular uh, last minute goal, it's it's incredibly hard not to make the comparisons with James Madison. They are they are not they are not the same player by any stretch in imagination. But when you were talking about somebody who is even in a game against Rangers is the best player on the park. It's it's that kind of level of talent that we're talking about, and you know, it's 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 now at the stage where he's now de- he's now delivering those performances every week, and I think that's the the one thing. Um, even with James Madison, you could produce a, a a moment of magic every every game or so, but it didn't always happen. Um, whereas we're now getting to that stage where Clarkson is. At the moment, at least in this run of form, he is producing something every game. And as I said beforehand, it's what really impresses me isn't just the the the, the ability; it's the the work rate that's coming with that as well. He's he's playing as a gen, genuine midfielder in there. He's not just simply um, maybe like what you, you could have been um, critical of Ryan Duncan for for being kind of floating in around that that area, but maybe not necessarily being impactful. 
he was incredibly impactful in 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 the game today and was 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 numerous times making making the effort to to go in and do the dirty work when it was when it was necessary but um with with regards to that ball again i, I was saying it for the 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 assist that he got at Ross County where he's put it exactly where it has to be at exactly the right pace for Duke to be able to hit it in stride and score the winner. And it was exactly the same. I got I got in trouble on Twitter because somebody somebody told me off for quoting Chris Boyd last time around. I'm I'm now gonna double up people's ire. I'm gonna quote both Richard Foster and Neil McCann because I caught the sports scene highlights once I got back in the door. And but both of them were absolutely right. It wasn't a cross. He's he's picked Majowski out in the box. A cross is like you you know it's like Lilium Scales thing. You 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 half it in the box and hope something good happens. Leighton Clarkson has placed it on or in an area where Boyan basically just needs to fall forward. And and credit to credit to Majowski as well. It's uh it's it's exactly the kind of finish you expect from uh, a guy that we brought in. You know, international level striker. Um, he's just hung off the shoulder of the defender, timed his timed his run in the box in perfection, and the ball is just there, basically asking to be headed in the back of the net, and um, has produced. Um, I think I think on on the here we go uh, Twitter feed we've we've uh, retweeted one of Stephen Dobson's photographs of the the ball post header from the back of the goal. Um, there's going to be quite a few iconic photos that are going to come out of the back of this game. So, um, just fantastic. I, I just want to take a little bit of issue, if I can. Uh, and it's not with the Boyd Foster McCann thing, although I should remember <laughs> that you're still very much on probation here. Um, <laughs> it, it's with Miofsky just having to fall forward on it. Now, you, you can, if that is to hype up the quality of the ball, then I, okay, I get it. But I think there's still quite a bit of work to do, and it's never easy to time and judge those sort of tumbling headers. And it's, it's just planted perfectly, just beyond McGregor and it, the timing of the run it's so spot on too it's just just on size beautiful beautiful execution beautiful finish I would marry that goal I, I might head down to the registry office tomorrow morning and put the papers in so Richard after the game uh, as you as you kind of mentioned earlier on you know, we were, gonna, we were all going to be Barry Robson um, Barry Robson once again just parroting the same things um, no, we've no, we've still not achieved anything. Let's not get carried away. Um, but I'm going to try and tempt you, Richard. I'm going to try and tempt you into getting carried away. Because as it stands, we're nine points ahead of fifth place. Uh, we're five points ahead of Hearts. Ca- can we get carried away, Richard? Just, just take it one game at a time. <laughs> <laughs> it served us so well over the past seven games, right? Uh, first of all, it was about, oh, we're, we're back in the top six today. And then it was, oh, we've caught Hibs. And then it's, oh, if we beat Hearts next week, maybe, just maybe. And we beat Hearts. We didn't just beat Hearts. We absolutely destroyed Hearts. Then, you know, can we keep this going? Bit of pressure on us now. Too right we can keep this going. Oh, we're one point behind. Can we get, yes, too damn right we can. We're in third. Oh, different kind of pressure now. Are we going to balls this? No, we're not. We're going to go to Ross County. We're going to withstand the barrage. We're going to win. Today, Different story entirely. Hardest team we've faced in this run. Hearts coming back to a bit of form, winning 6-1, putting a bit of pressure on us. Would we crumble? Not a bit of it. Magnificent. Just keep doing what you're doing, boys. Just just keep doing what, you, what you're doing. I think it's still close enough that the fixture list and the fixture order post-split are going to be important. Um... <sighs> Who knows how that will pan out? Who knows whether we'll get the fixtures we, we're meant to get? Um, clearly, there'll have to be some rejigging because it never works out quite perfectly. What it does seem is every team should get 19 home and 19 away, but the, the order of those and who exactly we play might not be perfect. But whoever we face, I think so many of these games are now winnable. Um, I include going to Ibrox. I include having Celtic at home. I have utter belief in this team whereas three months ago I couldn't see anything other than a grim relegation struggle 
the transformation has been unbelievable. I, I, I doubt there's too many equivalents in football, to be perfectly honest. You know, we've had scenarios where managers have come in over a close season and transformed things. You know, you look at Jimmy Caldwell coming in, turning around a Steve Patterson team who'd finished 11th the season before and we finished fourth, joint on points with third. Derek McInnes comes in and undoes all the bad work that Craig Brown had done. Don't come at me, folks, you know I'm right. And he takes us up to, to third in the league, wins a trophy. But to, to do this with more or less the same players, a couple of key additions, absolutely, but with more or less the same players that were a shambling wreck at the end of uh, Jim Goodwin's spell, it, it beggars belief. So, yeah, let's all be Barry Robson. Let's all buy into what he's doing and that includes just one game at a time. Whatever the fixture list comes out with in the next, I know that it'll be a week till we get the fixtures for no fucking reason. But whatever they come out with, the next game, that's the one we focus on. Nothing beyond that. Um, believe you me, offline, I've been having conversations about how the hell I'm going to uh, fit four European aways into seven remaining leave days. But right here, right now on this podcast, no, you're not going to tempt me, Martin. I mean, Richard, you're just going to have you're just going to have to cancel all those ashes holidays that you've booked. I know that, so you know, <laughs> it'll be fine. You can buy holidays or something. You can do that. You know, we were talking the same. No, I'm I'm sure I've, I'm sure you Stop. were the same after the game. Stop. <laughs> I'm trying to lure you into it. Play along. But no, um, yeah, Martin. No, Richard's right. No, we're, none of us are seriously. No, we're not seriously getting carried away, but. We have to be you know, these fi- the fixtures that we're likely to get. Um, you know, with the way this team is is right now, with the confidence they can carry, we should be. We, I'm not saying let's you know just start booking random trips and things like now now, but we should be confident because that you can believe in this team. Yeah, I've got a lot of belief in this team, as I'm sure everybody else in the in the dandy support has. I think, though, with your question about how, how carried away do we get at this stage, because I have seen uh, a lot of clamour for uh, an announcement of an eight-year deal for Barry Robson and um, carry on going forward. And, and, and I, don't, I don't necessarily disagree with him getting the gig on a long-term deal um, unless something goes catastrophically wrong post-split. I don't, I don't know what else he really can do other than... Um, what he's done before and which is basically win every single game in front of you for the last couple of months um but to your question about can we how 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 complacent can we be about the european spots i think there's two separate discussions here there's there's um qualifying for europe and then there's securing third place now in terms of qualifying for europe a nine point gap between ourselves and Hibs and St Mirren is a very big gap and especially given the fact that in the top six fixtures it means for either of those teams to catch Aberdeen they're going to have to do something against Rangers and Celtic and then essentially win out with other fixtures and of course they have to play each other as well so I think you know even even the most glass half full Aberdeen supporter will have to acknowledge some things would have to go not only catastrophically wrong for ourselves, but it would require one, if not both, of Hibs and St Mirren going on an, um, uh, an unprecedented run of form towards the end of the season to to pull themselves into those slots. So I think I think realistically we are looking very good for fourth place. Third is a different matter. Um, uh, for all that we may well deride, okay, they've only just beaten the the bottom the bottom team in the table in what was probably their worst performance of the of the season, um, but they they they've done what struggling Aberdeen teams have done in the past, which is win convincingly at home, and it it it's it's what I felt was really good about getting the result today. Obviously, winning against them today is the be all and end all today. But it's an incredibly valuable three points in that race as well to be five points clear. Because what I was concerned about is if if it had been two points, and in fact, even if it had been a draw, even if it had been three points, because I think the reality is that if if Hearts catch us, they're going to have the goal difference advantage. We still have to go to Tynecastle, and for all that we have looked, it, it seems to be the way in Aberdeen Hearts fixtures of of recent years. Um, uh, 
Hearts come to Pataudry and we batter them by a few goals and then we go to Tynecastle and they batter us by a few goals. Um, we keep on, or say we, the, the media keeps talking about Barry Robson, this is your next critical game. But that that is going to be a big test because um, their hearts are obviously by no, they're not in the same league. Uh, they're, 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 they are technically the same league as Rangers, but um, metaphorically, they're not in the same league as Rangers. Um, but I don't think we would take anything for granted when it comes to us having to go to Tyne Castle. It will undoubtedly be a sold-out ground, depending on when. And again, I think there were some rumours that I, I I would tend to agree with people that there, there's every likelihood we'll get that game early in the fixture run while it's still meaningful. So it may even be the first game up in the fixture list. Um, my other prediction, by the way, because again, I think we're assured having home game in round 35, aren't we? Because of the Gothenburg celebrations. Um, expect that the final the final rub of salt in the wound will be that extra match ban that Graham Shinney got. We're undoubtedly going Ibrox round 36. Mark, mark that down in your uh, getting fucked over by the big wigs uh, bingo card. Um, but but if it if it is if we do get Hearts at Tyne Castle first up and that's a game that they know they absolutely have to win and they'll throw uh, well I was going to say the kitchen sink but they'll throw the hammers at us um, more more likely. Um, I'm but, but very pressure, confident in our again isn't on us the pressure's on them in that scenario we're we're the ones that fight i would love that game would be first up absolutely love that game would be first up because that's their last chance if they don't win that first game up it's gone it's dead because realistically for them they're the only they have lost every single game they've played against rangers and celtic this season and that will undoubtedly continue because their approach to these games is to bend over and say how many do you want lads they have to go away to st Mirren. they will lose that because they've been worse away from home than us and they have the Edinburgh Derby. So their only hope of salvation is to win that game. And I now being incredibly bullish, I know, which gets to as to what's gone before. But if I was, I have this nervousness because I'm an Aberdeen fan, right? If I was looking at this from the outside, I would know that Aberdeen are incredibly close to securing this. Not that far away from securing it mathematically, but incredibly close to pretty much securing it. Again, you look at things like the 538, which is just a, a finger in the air, no more or less informed than anyone else, but we're now at 79% to secure that. We're heavy, heavy favourites. And make no mistake, today would have been an absolute killer blow for Hearts and their supporters, because they would have penciled in, not just penciled in, they would have put in heavy black biro that we would have lost today, because that's what they do. They lose those games. We won. We won five points clear still. Yeah, uh, we are close, but let's just keep one game at a time. Let's all be Barry Robson. Yeah, Richard. Well, that's what I wanted to say. I wanted to say that I've got that with Brendan as well. Um, last week, obviously, we spoke about playing on the Friday night, about you no, know, about put, making a statement. You know, you get yourselves ahead. You know, you you get this, get the points ahead, and then let them do whatever they want to do. This weekend. Obviously, we're they're playing the Saturday, we're playing the Sunday. Now they go and they absolutely smash Ross County, and they were getting carried away with themselves yesterday. And they were, you no, know, they they were talking about you no, know, they beat the bottom the bottom team six one, and suddenly it was you know, babies in the air down at down at um down at Hearts, and then we come back and like how much how much of a win today have a statement win is that today for us? On it, even just on its own, even looking not caring about the league table, it, to beat them is always brilliant, always magnificent. And the glee around that stadium at full time, it that's why you go to football. And that's that's what you're there for. You sit through the games against your uh, against your Kilmarnocks and your Ross Counties and you sit through Turge Fests like the, the game up at Dingwall last Friday. And you go through the nervousness of an afternoon like this where you're, you're screaming and bawling at everything in the first 45 because it's not quite working out. To have those moments in that second half and to have that just pure and adulterated joy at full time. So let's really, really enjoy that win just on its own merits and really, really savour it and take what we can out of it. But again, to quote Robson afterwards, you know, he said, oh, I'm going to enjoy it for maybe 20 minutes. We can enjoy it for a little bit longer than that. We've obviously got a two-week gap to our next game, but 
this in terms of the race that was huge because they will every single Hearts fan and everybody probably within Tynecastle would have looked at that fixture and said Aberdeen will lose that we're back to within two points and we've got them at Tynecastle it's, it's not quite as simple as that for them anymore and they know that games are running out they know that they haven't sorted their away form they know that they do nothing against the old firm now what's happened previously obviously doesn't guarantee that that's going to continue in the future but I don't see anything in that heart seem to worry us at all. So don't mistake uh, my refusal to be getting my passport together for European games later in the year for not feeling confident and bullish about this team because I really do believe in this team right now. What I might actually more expect to happen is Inverness fucking Cali Thistle will win the cup. <laughs> it's a nightmare scenario, whatever happens, isn't it? Is that whether, whether we're... Uh... You know, well, unless it does spectacularly go wrong and we finish sixth, but the likelihood is that whatever we finish up, we're going to have to endure a Scottish Cup final where um, the the, the favourable result will be one of the old firm winning the Scottish Cup. But um, I'll I'll make sure I'm doing something completely different, and not paying attention to that. Yeah, exactly. There's no point. No, there's no point in enjoying that. No, what we as you, as Richard said there. No, what we can do is. You know, Barry Robson can pretend he's going to enjoy it for 20 minutes, but I'm sure he's going to enjoy it for a few days, uh, just like the rest of us are until they bother putting out the fixtures. Baz is um, on the beers right now. You can pretty much guarantee that. Oh, yeah, they'll be having they'll be having some beers. I'm sure, you know, I'm sure we'll see some... I'm sure some somebody will have on their Instagram stories that they bumped into Barry Robson, you know, having a few quiet ones or something. Um, but, you know what? They're entitled to it. We should all enjoy it. It was great. To, it was great today. And we've got so much to look forward to. We'll find out the fixtures in a few days, um, but you know, until then, we're just going to we're just going to drink it in because it's it was fantastic. So that's that's us for this week. It's been oh, it's been brilliant. You no, know, so enjoyable, such an enjoyable day. Richard, thank you as always. Thanks, Martin. No worries, Martin. Always a pleasure. Always a pleasure for me too. Yeah. Thank you. Uh, we'll be back. Well, we'll be back probably. Well, we, we may do a preview once we find out the fixtures, or we may just wait for the next game. But either way. Let's not get carried away, but let's be slightly confident. And until then, come on you Reds.